Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake. What's up? Hey man, how's hey, it going? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Pretty, pretty good, man. Good week. I, uh, I got to go home a little bit early uh, yesterday because mm. I've done a couple of late ones in the office for things that have not gone ahead as planned. No. Not going to name names. Um, but you might have seen their name on Twitter. Anyway, <laughs> but I've had to a couple of late nights. I was even late for D&D the other night. Unbelievable. I know. What a great session it was, though. And um, so in the end, I got to go home slightly early. Mm. I, I thought to myself, I was like, this is great. I'm going to go home. I'm going to play some Resident Evil 2 because mm. I had a great stretch of it on Sunday because my wife was doing some writing in the office. So I was like, brilliant. I had like a good two-hour stretch on, on Resident Evil, made some really good progress, really enjoying myself. Uh, did all the stuff with like the, the Mr. X and all this stuff. I was really, really enjoying it. Um, so that was my plan. I was going to go home. I was going to play some more Resident Evil 2. What happened was I got home, <clears throat> felt kind of like, you know, I was a bit sleepy. I was a bit tired. Nappy so, time. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to quickly watch something. I'll, I'll watch an episode of something on Netflix and then, I, then I'll crack on with, with Resident Evil 2. I fell asleep. I just <laughs> I, I sat on the sofa. I put my legs up and I just fell asleep. And I napped for a good couple of hours. Oh, God. And then I woke up and I... Netflix looked, is like... You still watching yeah, RuPaul? Are you, still, yeah. are, you, are you there? <laughs> are you still watching RuPaul's Drag Race? And so or I was no? like, um, I was like, oh. And then I looked at the time and I was like, well, now I've got to tidy up the house and make dinner for when my wife's home from work. Well, no more Resident Evil for me oh, then. So that was the a worst. that was a bit of a bummer. So I'm kind of hoping that we we finish at a decent time today in the office, so I can I might be able to get like half an hour's in before right? my wife gets home. Yeah. See, so tonight my plan is. So, game I've got back into recently, get for a couple of years ago, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Okay. Liberate Bolivia from the people <laughs> who live in Bolivia. The game. It's uh it's really fun. Like it's re- like I had to um I realized when I turned it back on, so me and my housemate have started playing it. Um two player, so like Quite, it's quite good, but it's actually more difficult to play two-player because normally you get a three-person squad with you mm. when you play single-player, and you can like mark targets. So as you're taking down the drug cart, basically you're you're an American operator who goes into Bolivia to take down the drug cartel who have taken over the whole of Bolivia essentially in this game. 
but normally you've got a, a four-person, a three-person squad with you, mm. and you can mark targets. So you're like when you recon a place with a drone or binoculars or whatever, you go this guy, this guy, this guy, and then you can sync shot. So then mm. you would like you line up your shot. And when you fire, they fire. So you take down like four guys at once in this beautiful orchestrated ballad of bullets and death mm. and stealth. Not so much when you play it just two player uh, and you're marking people and going like, there's a guy by the front of the plane. I'll shoot the guy at the back. Okay, three, two, one. I missed. Uh, I missed. <laughs> it's all kicking off. Run? <laughs> Run? I don't know. And that happens 90% of the time that we're playing at uh. the moment. Um it's very good and very fun and is one of the biggest open worlds I think I've seen. It's like, it's incre- when you go up in the helicopter and stuff in this game, it looks incredible. Mm. Um, but it is also some of the worst storytelling in a game I think I've ever encountered. To the point nice. where when I turned it back on, I realized that the last time I was playing it, I had muted everything. <laughs> I had muted my squad because they just say stuff like, bumholes like when when something goes wrong they're like oh no well like worse so they go like s balls is yeah. their like phrase but like all the time you bump into something like s balls okay um that gets old they chat they just chat constantly about stuff but then all the stories also like americans coming in and liberating bolivia from people it's just i just find it all a bit grating so i was like mute all of that yeah i am just playing this game purely from a gameplay standpoint now of terrible sneaking <laughs> yeah. essentially and then very quick thinking on your feet attempting to clear out everything by shooting people uh i uh i finished phoenix right um two justice for all um finished that on the tube this mm. morning so that was good and i started playing the third one uh, they're tri- good tube games phoenix yeah. right yeah and i noticed that as well because a lot of people tend to watch my um ipad while i'm playing them, yeah. like over my shoulder um, so I've now started playing uh, Trials and Tribulations, which is the third one. It's the game. It's the one I've played the least. Mm. So I'm looking forward to going through that again. I think I've only played that. I think I've played all the Phoenix Wright games uh, up until at least Apollo Justice. And then I played the 3DS one when that came out. Mm. Long games. Long, long games, yeah. Mm. And we were talking about this earlier. Like, there, are, there are four cases per game. And the first one is your, like, your, tra- your, your training mission. Mm. But it is a long, long game. Yeah, because the the trials go on for a, like, ages. You got to do so much in them, and there's a lot of dialogue in the game because it's, it's all dialogue. Yeah, so I yeah. wish it was a bit more like it's like an interactive book. I would love to play a Phoenix Wright game that was actually just the courtroom scenes and like it was just back to back cases, and you just had the evidence sort of like you did a bit of the you were sort of given the brief rather than doing all the investigation stuff because yeah. I find that bit the most laborious of it. Mm-hmm. Going around individually talking to people in a town, trying to find what screen everyone is on. Yeah, yeah. Then you're looking for evidence, and it involves clicking everything until you like. But all the evidence. assets look the same. Something will eventually move, I guess. Tap, tap, yeah, tap, yeah. tap, 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 tap. I, uh, if there was one thing I would change about the, the Phoenix Wright games, particularly the older ones anyway, um, is that I wish they wouldn't do like an opening prologue where it shows you who the real killer is. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. I'd rather work that out for myself. Like, yeah, you are ruining I mean, the mystery of the game. Like, I know it's, it's obvious like who the killer is regardless, but I would like to learn that. I would like <laughs> to learn that myself as opposed to being like, this person is the killer all you gotta do is prove it you yeah. already know yeah yeah exactly yeah so uh good good time with that though uh let's have this quick rusev hey before we get into the nxt review rusev. this comes in from i'm gonna say cf or cf i'm gonna i do apologize my friend uh, you're from egypt but i and I, I i don't i'm gonna guess cf it's s-e-i-f cf 
Scythe? Scythe could be. I, like, is it Sifa from Final Fantasy VIII? <laughs> I do apologise. Uh, anyway, he writes, Dear Mr. Owen, Mr. Davis, Mr. Blake, and certainly not Mr. Datsun. I've been meaning to send this Russo paper for a long time, but never got round to it. I'm currently watching Raw, and it's given me a question to ask you, so I'll put them together. May not get to the question, my friend. If you want a question ask, got to become a polite chammer. That's how it works. Uh, recently, I went to my first ever live wrestling show when I was on holiday in Birmingham. Brackets, I live in Egypt, which was Fight Forever... Phenomena. Uh, we went to the Fight Forever show, the one in London. We did. Deep right, it was very good. Uh, as someone who was mainly a WWE fan, I knew most of the people on the card, but wasn't that invested in most of them. Being there uh, live really changed my view on independent wrestling, and I aim to go to more shows. Anyway, the day after the show, I was buying some groceries from Tesco when the friend I was with, uh, was traveling with and saw who I thought was Jimmy Havoc. I didn't think of it too much, so we continued shopping normally. When checking out, I saw him close up and realized that it definitely was him. Was he just buying plastic? <laughs> or he's buying knives. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> buying things. That you one can smash. It depends on the, it depends on if it's the day before or after a show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we paid for our shopping and waited for him outside. We shook hands with him and told him how much uh, he brought us over to the show the night before. He said he was really happy that he could buy us over, uh, and that's what keeps him going and it's really rewarding for him. We took pics with him. My friend has them, and I was sure to get them and send them soon, and went on our way. Turns out that his hotel was in the same direction, so we walked together for about five minutes. We taught general wrestling and he said how happy he was with Cody coming over and bringing eyes to the UK products and how they were becoming good friends. Guess that I should have seen that as a spoiler that he was signing for AEW, but I never made the connection. Jimmy was honestly the kindest person I've ever met and the most down-to-earth famous person ever. I've now got tickets for Double or Nothing and hope he gets booked what? on the card. I'd imagine he was. And lucky you for getting tickets to Double mm. or Nothing. That's not easy. Um, so that's the reset part of my email. He's got a question, but... Uh, Got to become a pledgehammer if you want questions no on questions the podcast. That's how it works, mate. Just stories. Exactly. We want stories. We want correspondence. Uh, so thank you so much for that email, my friend. Uh, but we're going to crack on with the NXT review now. Talking about, there was only a bloody title change. Here's what? the show. Yeah, there was a title change on NXT last night. Although, it was a title change that some people say we might have spoiled in the news. Oh, <laughs> no! Um, so the or did we? Or did we? We did, accidentally. Ac yes. Yeah, they of. filmed two, so it wasn't a spoiler. Yeah. It was a potential... Two things are happening. The same two things that would have been happening if the match was just happening anyway. <laughs> Not a spoiler. So... Here's what happened. A couple of weeks ago at the tapings, um, Velveteen Dream won the NXT North American Championship from Johnny Gargano. However, they also taped another <clears throat> ending to the match where Gargano came back down, the match was restarted, and Gargano retained. So it was actually, I'll be honest, a smart way of doing this mm -hmm. because they know that word's going to get out. Because as soon as, like, as the tapings are happening, these things are getting out. People are tweeting, like, yeah. scoop one. Scoop one, which I'll this be honest, is not a scoop. No. Like, that's not how scoops work. No, scoops is like no one else saw it. But, like, <laughs> crowd of people were there with you. You're in a room of yeah, 500 yeah. people. Most people all saw it. The same thing. <laughs> that's not a scoop, yeah. mate. Um, so, scoop. <laughs> Scooper stars. So. That, that, and that's what happened on NXT. So we reported that in the news. This, that, and the other. And then they announced that uh, so Velveteen Dream won the World Collide tournament mm -hmm. over WrestleMania weekend. And he challenged Johnny Gargano. That was two weeks ago. Now here we are. Here's the match. And it turns out they went with the ending where Velveteen Dream wins. And keeps it. And keeps it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. We're not going to go into the spoilers for the next set of tapings, which I don't usually read. 
But because of what happened on Raw and SmackDown this week, I was so intrigued to see how were they going to fix this. Yeah. And it turns out they didn't try. No, it was... They just ignored it. It was one of those things where it's like when you Wikipedia a a crime film because you don't (laughs) understand what happened. And then you're like, I have to... I just have to have this explained to me in more simple terms. That's why I had to read the spoilers to be like, I just need to understand... Ollie Davis did this with um, 13 Reasons Why, that Netflix oh, series. Yeah. He watched the first episode, didn't like it, but did want to know what was going to happen. <laughs> so he went to, went to Wikipedia and just read what happened. Oh my God. Just fair enough, I guess. Mm. So, Some people don't like surprises. Well, that's it. But then there are Not people, wrestling fans, though. They, yeah, they love surprises. Love surprises, and which I think is a perfectly fine thing. I love surprises too. Um, and this was a very surprising week of, of wrestling. So we're not going to go into the spoilers here, but like, mm-hmm. aside from one element of the storyline going forward, them being a babyface tag team, Gargano and Champer, I mean, is not something we're really moving forward with, at least not in NXT. No. So I think from now on, we need to treat this NXT review like WWE treat NXT. It exists in a separate space. It exists space. in a completely separate space. We shouldn't be talking about Black on the main roster or Ricochet on the main roster because I don't think any of that matters to NXT. They are completely... This is Elseworld stuff. This yeah, is okay. like, you know, a, a Batman title alongside a, a, the same, a different Batman title that are coming out on the same week. It definitely depends. Yeah, it's with one of those things, though, but obviously we then had, pro, we had promo packages this episode, though, that were like, well, these guys were on Raw and SmackDown. So <laughs> it depends, really, coming out of these tapings. Because the thing, obviously, we don't know from the tapings, even having seen spoilers, is how much... Mauro Ronello goes on about them being on Raw and SmackDown, how much they've shoehorned in to the commentary or to the post-production side of things if these guys are going to continue to appear on Raw and SmackDown every week. Are they going to bring it up every week on NXT? Yeah, because NXT is like a big pre-taped thing and Raw and SmackDown are rewritten like an hour before the show airs, <laughs> it is going to be... <laughs> we don't know what we're doing! It's going to be very much impossible for NXT to predict what's going to be happening on Raw no. and SmackDown in the lead-up to WrestleMania. I would just leave 10 minutes of blank airtime <laughs> yeah. that you can just fill with packages and just hope that you can cover. I, that's it. You just got to paint, paint over, over the cracks. The cracks. Yeah. That's exactly what you're going to do. So uh, the story uh, that's being reported is that Black, Ricochet, Gargano, and Champa mm-hmm. are going to be across all three shows, and we know that from the spoilers because Black and Ricochet were there. I'm not going to say what they were doing, but they were there. So. Those four lads are going to be cross-promotional things. Brand split's not ending, though. They're going to be cross-promotional things. The NXT tag team titles are being defended. Or the, the, sorry, the WWE women's tag team titles are being defended across all three brands, but the brand split's not ending. No, no. It's, it's still a thing. And that's just what they're telling Team Raw and SmackDown are just getting smaller, that's all. <laughs> and um, it's going to be more confusing come Survivor <laughs> yeah. Series. Are you Team SmackDown? Um, so, what do you go both ways? Could be. So... They're going to be across all three shows. Mm-hmm. But let's just focus on NXT. And let's talk about what was a corking little main event of this show. Right. So it was Johnny Gargano versus Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. And it, were, it went about 20-odd minutes. It was and a it, long one. It was a long one. And it was really, really great. You had Gargano really playing up to his kind of like heel persona that he sort of he is, this cocky heel thing. And there was, a, there was a point during this where the crowd had dueling chants, but they were dueling chants that were both for Velveteen Dream. Because <laughs> they were trying to go, Velveteen, Johnny Jackass, Velveteen. So it was kind of both of them. And there were chants of Johnny Jackass through the crowd. And Gargano was really playing up to it. I thought Gargano was 
awesome in this match. Mm. But as good as Gargano was, holy heckins was dream great. Dream is amazing. He's so good. He's, he's one of those people though where it's like everyone says he's quite green, he's quite new to it. But he's, he's 22 he's, or whatever. But he's obviously yeah. taken to it very well. And actually, you put him in the ring with somebody like Johnny Gargano who gets great matches out of everyone. And Dream is the perfect foil to that. He just seems to be able to absorb that energy off whoever he's in the ring with and be like, yeah. and now you have a great match. It's incredible, really, because like, Johnny Gargano is Johnny Takeover. He's mm-hmm. the guy that you put onto a takeover card because you're guaranteed to get like a four-and-a-half-star match out of yeah. him, regardless who he's in the ring with. And you couple that with the Velveteen Dream, whose job has been to... like make stars on the on, in NXT by yeah. by being losing to them. Yes. Like that was his gimmick for a little while. It was like he would have takeover matches where he would put someone over and they would come out looking even better because yes. he put them over despite the fact that he's also getting over at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's like he's a lovely lovely character yeah. and a brilliant brilliant presentation of him it, he is one of those NXT stars <clears throat> that they've just done so so well mm. and then you couple these two together on an NXT show even though the match went 20 minutes or you know you could say only went 20 minutes and it wasn't like say a takeover quality match this was an excellent TV match it was brilliant but it was brilliant it was so so good and even as someone who knew what the finish was I was so invested towards the end like popping up out of my seat I was popping for the near falls yes. I loved this match I think they it's just they're just incredibly inventive guys that whole like final stretch with the the Dream Valley driver teasing and then the, the avalanche Dream Valley driver getting yeah. teased and he drops down he kicks his legs out he does the rolling flatliner thing they were pulling out all this stuff you were just like this is mad that you thought <laughs> yeah, of this yeah. this is crazy and then the, that that final moment where he rolls him through a couple of times and does the Dream Valley Driver and then hits the Rainmaker. It's unbelievable. Oh what a stretch. Yeah, it was great. That that Avalanche Dream Valley Driver might be my favourite spot of the match because mm. they teased it earlier in the match. Yes. and But then they, they sort of didn't deliver on it. And then they went up to do it, it's like to tease it a second time. In my head, I'm like, okay, cool. So Gargano gets out of this one, and then they'll do it a third time, and that's when you get the big pop of it. Like I'm thinking Keith Lee, Ishii, mm-hmm. teasing of the suplex. And when Gargano fights out of it, I'm like, him and I was like, oh, God, Gargano gets out. But then Dream just powers up again and lifts him up and hits it. And I was like, whoa, he hit it, he hit it, he hit it. <laughs> and I popped out of my seat so big for it. I, I thought, as you say, like the final stretch of this match was absolutely wonderful mm. wonderful wonderful television but it was i think it was a, it was a very well worked 20 minute match in the yeah. first place anyway they, they did brilliantly to just play like they played on the idea that johnny thinks he's the better wrestler than anyone on NXT so they went very technical to begin with and dream kept up and then johnny starts to accelerate what he's doing and that's when johnny kind of gets into control and then he's he actually works him over for quite a bit yeah. and then when dream mounts this comeback for the sort of final 10 minute stretch yeah, unbelievable. It's yeah, it was like great. it was perfect. It was so perfectly paced. Yes. And the one of the other wonders of NXT that I really, really, really appreciate about them as a brand, <clears throat> it's that multi level storytelling as well. Because not only did you have the storytelling that was going on in this match and putting over the fact that Velveteen Dream is now the North American champion mm-hmm. and he's going to be going into his own feuds going forward, looking to have a very, very good feud coming out of the TV tapings by the looks of things. But it was also furthering the Gargano Champa storyline. Yes. And I'm just going to ignore Raw and SmackDown where they tagged as baby faces. They're that best makes, friends. That makes, no, it doesn't. They, they didn't. They, they never are did that, best that friends. That makes zero just sense. Just two best friends. Because they had this backstage segment before the match. Yes. Where Gargano said to him, um, 
he was like working out backstage and Candice LeRae walks up and he's like, hey, Candice, this is great. I'm ready for my match. And then Champa's like in the background skulking, holding mm. the tile. And Gargano is just like, look, I won this belt on my own. Mm. I don't need you. I've never needed you. I, I hate you. We're not a team. And this, that, and the other. And he's like, I'm, I've got everything I need right here. So, you know, Candice LeRae. And he's like, I'm going to be Johnny freaking wrestling. But then throughout the match, you got Champa up like in the rafters, Pretend like doing his, doing his sting impression, yeah. <laughs> Just watching from the shadows, watching in darkness, clutching yeah. in his title. You couldn't see the zip line he built. <laughs> <laughs> watching Johnny Wrestling lose the North American Championship, mm-hmm. and it just it furthers this storyline that Johnny was wrong. He does need Champa, or does he mm. need Champa? Is this is what Johnny's going to realize? That he does need Champa in order to further his career. Because that's the whole thing is when when DIY split up, Johnny was like, I never I never needed Champa anyway. I'm gonna go out as a single star. Yep. And all he did was fail. Yes. He kept losing all the time. Mm-hmm. He kept failing at winning the NXT championship. And who won the NXT championship on their first try? Tommaso Bloody mm. Champa. And Captain so- Wright. Exactly. So Gargano was then like, no, I need to get rid of you. I need to get win the NXT Championship and do it for the right thing. And that didn't work either. So then when he went for a different belt, he used Champa-style tactics to win. So it's telling the story of, does Gargano, does he need Champa? Yes. It's just brilliant, brilliant, multi-level storytelling that's been going on for three, four years or whatever it is. Like, I think they first started tagging in like 20. 15, maybe 2016 when it first came into NXT. So this is such like brilliant long-term storytelling mm-hmm. that's going to get this big payoff that we assume at the next TakeOver event, which I believe now we can call TakeOver New York. Yes. Because despite the fact it's not in New York, it's, it's in the York. Barclays Center, I suppose, which is in Brooklyn. It's the, it's NXT TakeOver New York. Mm-hmm. So we can now, at least we can give it an official title. So, and I mean, this storytelling like goes further than that because it's the same. We're seeing reflections of the same aspect of Johnny's character leading to his downfall again. In this match, the reason Dream starts to get into Johnny's head and starts to gain control is because Dream slaps Johnny. Yeah. And Johnny switches from being Johnny wrestling to Johnny, I'm quite cross now. Johnny, and that's when he stops being capable of actually wrestling the match properly. Because actually, in the Ricochet match, yeah, he went quite far using Champa tactics. But in this match, he was using Johnny tactics from when he was facing Champa. Yeah. And he went, oh, I'm going to push your stretcher back down the ramp and restart the match. I lost. I'm going to try and knee your face off. Oh, no, I've hurt my knee. This was that sort of level of stuff where he, you know, Dream slaps him and Johnny switches from this style that was working, which was working over his limbs, doing a lot of technical wrestling, to suddenly, like, I'm going to be hyper-aggressive. And that gives Dream the that gives Dream the in, and I love the slap as well because they did the slap at the start, mm. and they put this over brilliant, brilliantly on commentary. That was the slap that instigated the the brawl after Takeover Phoenix. Yes, and it's Johnny like losing himself and becoming a hothead, the same character that AJ Styles is. I, I, I've been so I've been told. <laughs> commentary never seen it in the ring, but um. I, I just think there was so many wonderful levels to this match. Mm. I thought they did a terrific, terrific job of this. I'm very happy for the Velveteen Dream as well, getting the North American mm. Championship. He he is a character that sort of like, he did need to win a belt at some point to kind of legitimize him because he can't just keep going for belts and losing. No. So I think he did need to get like a big win under his belt 
I think using the World Collide tournament to get to that point was a really smart way of doing it. Yes. And so then he can go into a takeover as a defending champion. I think that's a really it's a it's good that the dream got that. Yeah, because he defied I think he the odds before. It. He he'd been defying the odds of like what normal wrestling parlance is. Is yeah. like you watch people lose over and over again, and eventually you go like, oh, they'll never win. I don't care. Yeah. And Dream somehow defied that because every time you came, he came out, you're like, oh, the Dream's here. Yeah. Amazing. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm so, about to get an experience. Yeah, it's wonderful to see someone actually like have worked very hard, put a lot of other people over, and now get the chance with someone who actually is, you know, we were saying that Dream is the kingmaker in NXT. Gargano's the, the slightly whatever's above a kingmaker. Yeah. He probably is that guy because he goes, do you know what? Dave Meltzer's paying attention. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's that's kind of his his vibe. So it's yeah. nice to see Dream get put over in a match with Johnny. Yeah. Because they are both the two sort of masterclass people for matches that make other people look good. And he won it clean as well. Yeah, there know, was yeah. no shenanigans. There was no champer interference. There was no nothing. He won that clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring, which does wonders for Velveteen Dream mm-hmm. in terms of being in the ring with, with Gargano and beating him. And doesn't hurt And doesn't hurt Gargano Absolutely either. Absolutely not, because it's part because of the story. Yeah, because it plays into something else that's going on. It's part of his great. character. Yeah. I, I think it was great. He's not just a loser. No, exactly. He's a, he's a loser. I, well, yeah, he lost. He lost. He lost. Uh, I, I thought this was a really, really great finish to what was a really good episode of NXT. Oh, yeah. I'm I mean, I I had a wonderful time with mm. this. Dipped a little bit in the middle, but we'll, we'll, we'll come yeah. on to that. <laughs> but I thought this was a really, really good episode. You can see why they went, well, we'll get these NXT guys on Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because that... Watching that... week-to-week NXT, they were like, oh, we could just them and we'd just it'd be good wouldn't it yeah so we're gonna go into this bit more on the the magazine show on saturday uh which ollie and i will be doing but yeah the so the story is that vince mcmahon that is panicked um mm. and decided that raw all the main roster stars were stale and they were never quote never going to be superstars and so he panicked and just said Bring me your four best from NXT. And that's why it's Gargano, Champa, Ricochet, and Black. I'll take those four are... of your finest. Exactly, yeah. I'd imagine you would have thought that Riddle would have been a part of that as well. But mm. Riddle's comments uh, in that interview that he did last week where he called the main roster childlike mm. probably did him no favours. Well, I mean, but also at this point in time, it's probably no favours either to just go, immediately go up there. Well, yeah, I was reading. Uh, so he's, he's probably like, he's just relocated his entire <laughs> life as well. Like, he's probably yeah. just like, I'll probably do a year here at least well, before yeah. I have to move house again. The story is that there are, uh, the quote was from two NXT stars, two top NXT stars Mm. who did not want to go to the main roster. And they they had said, I'm terrified of going to the main roster because here I've got creative freedom and I can do a lot more. Yeah, I'll get a bigger pay packet, but I want to stay in NXT for as long as possible. Mm. But conversely, there are other guys in NXT that are desperate to go to the main roster because they know that they are Vince's kind of wrestlers. Yes. And so they're like, I'm not going to get a push here, but if I go to the main roster, I will get a push because Mm. I'm a big jacked dude, I I guess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So we got a hype package for Gargano and Dream to for the North American Championship to start off this show. But <clears throat> excuse me, we kicked <laughs> off. What was that? <laughs> I've got a bit of a frog in my throat for a second. But we kicked off in style. Speaking tongues. <laughs> we kick off in style for this show uh, with. Alistair Black versus Roderick Strong. Well, God, I've still got some of the They've gone here. up to the main roster, you see. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. That's had a continuity. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. No. Not in this NXT, con- sorry, not in this NXT sorry. world. I keep so. forgetting that the universe doesn't exist. Exactly. This is a different title. Mm. This is like, I don't know. I, I won't go do another comics comparison. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, this was Alistair Black versus Roderick Strong. And it was. Kind of weird as well. It's it, not, not weird, but they were, they've been telling this story over the last couple of weeks that Undisputed Era have not had a great 2019. No. And Roddy loses this match as well, and they were putting over on commentary. Bad year for it. Like, the losses. What was R- Ronaldo's line? Um, Ronaldo's line was, uh, yeah, uh, the losses are continuing to mount Ooh. for the Undisputed Era. Piling them up. That's a really cool storyline for them mm-hmm. of this tag team or this this group, this faction that have been so dominant for like the last year or so, winning titles, winning the NXT Tag Team Championships, getting new members, you know, having an injury, but still winning all of these awards and accolades and stuff. But now they've lost a load of matches. And what are they going to do to respond to that? Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I think it's I think it's it, it works for their characters as well, because I think they've got so used to cheating to win or like playing the odds in their favor and all this stuff and that's not even working anymore now that, that you know they're, they're failing at run-ins they're failing at post-match beatdowns right, generally yeah, yeah. speaking so it's very interesting to see where this goes could this be could this eventually sort of end in a very subtle face turn for the team where they become a bit more of a sort of you know 
much more of a tweener group mm -hmm. and they're just kind of cool with it yeah you know? yeah totally. actually quite like playing by the rules yeah because <laughs> do you know what like some of the some of the major successes that they've had have been when they've been playing by the rules like they won uh cole defended the north american championship a couple of times where it was just a very straight match and it was brilliant and he won he, the match without cheating he won exactly. the, the ladder match he won the ladder match without cheating he, he's defended the title a few times with with no help from any of the rest of the Undisputed Era. Same goes for the tag team. Yep. You know, when when whatever combination of Fish and O'Reilly or uh, O'Reilly and Strong, they won plenty of matches without actually, with just good psychology, a little bit shifty moves, but not mm. really like actually breaking any of the rules. Yeah, no, so I agree. they are a very capable team. It would be interesting to see if they are pushed in a direction now where they just go, we just got to sort of knuckle down and do this properly. Like, exactly, because they no were... No more shortcuts. Because they were announced um, Undisputed Era of um, of Red Dragon, so O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. They were announced for the Dusty Rhodes Classic, uh, which will be starting uh, in the <coughs> next few weeks. Well, actually, I think it starts next week. Mm -hmm. so they've announced four teams. There's another four teams to be announced. I at first thought it was just a four-team tournament. <laughs> Great, <laughs> a very quick tournament. And I was, I was like, well, that's a shame. But then they said, yeah, there's another Unless four Unless they're a round-robin. Yeah, yeah, totally. So... It'll be interesting to see then where Undisputed Era go and where their characters go from being within this tournament. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I, I'm really enjoying what they're doing with the Undisputed Era at the moment. And I thoroughly enjoyed this match. This was just great, great wrestling. Mm. Roderick Strong is awesome. I would not like to have a wrestling match against Roderick Strong. I'd fear for my back. I've got a bad back as it is. <laughs> yeah, Although, yeah. having said that, maybe he'd help my bad back. Like, maybe, yeah. to, like, maybe it's like visiting the chiropractor. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. You come out of it like, oh, I'm actually quite oh, limber now. Brilliant. This is lovely. It's like DDP yoga, yeah. but like for a match. It's like a really long-winded massage. <laughs> Um, but there were some really, really great spots in this. Like, I, I loved Roderick Strong doing like that torture rack bomb into the post while he was standing on the yep. apron. The backbreaker onto the uh, steps, the steel oh, steps. Yeah, there were so many bits of that where I was just like, "Oh no, please!" Ooh. Like, I think the the torture rack one onto the turnbuckle actually made me get out of bed and go like, "Oh, oh no!" no. <laughs> um, and I actually I think as well, like Black Ma like Alistair Black got the win out of nowhere with the Black Mass, but I thought this actually really did a, a good a good job in putting Roderick Strong over Strong, if you'll mm -hmm. excuse the terrible wording. Roderick over his name. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so it's it, Roddy didn't look bad in defeat here. No, I thought he actually. It's one of the better showings that Roddy has had as a singles guy, mm -hmm. particularly now that they're telling this story that that. Uh, O'Reilly and Fish are going back to being the tag team, and Roddy's going to be the single star, like another single mm -hmm. star. So I think this was actually a really smart way to make Roddy look good in a singles match, even though he lost. Yep. I thought I thought it was, it was a success on every level. Well, they do they do very well to make the the Black Mass is a protected finisher, yeah. right? Like it is, and it's gone. He's gone up to the main roster this week. I know it's separate continuity, but he's gone up. We did mention that he's won twice this week. He has defeated everyone with the Black Mass from out of nowhere, essentially. Mm -hmm. So getting caught with it, not really that devastating to your sort of your uh, credibility. Your credibility because people just go, okay, well, you know, you can't really, if you get kicked in the head like that, you go down. That's oh, just the yeah. way it is. And it was literally Black slips out of something, twists around, hits the kick. Yeah. Like, Roddy was in control prior to that. It did feel like Roddy's match to win almost yeah, really towards did. the end. And then yeah. Black is very good at kicking you in the face but like 
compare that again, different continuity, but compare that to the Alliance match on Raw where Alliance just dominated 90% of it and then Black hit out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And and Alliance didn't look good coming out of that because no. it was like, well, you worked over him for 90% of the match and yet you still lost yeah, like a one doofus. kick to the head. Where, but I, I think because this was a good back and forth match, I mm. think it made Roddy look really, really great. I, I was a big, big fan of this match. And then afterwards, you had Kylie Riley come down. But the first thing he does is he hits the ring and gets black masked right in the face <laughs> and crumples out of the ring. He's the best. Oh. He's wonderful. I would, ra I would rather watch matches in which Kylie Riley just sold injuries that he <laughs> exactly. had. Like he just sold moves. I don't even want to see him do moves. I just yeah. want to see him get hit in the oh, head. Oh, god, he was great. Just do his little. Yeah. And then Fish and Cole also run down. Ricochet comes out to make the save. So even though they were at a four-on-two advantage, mm -hmm. they still ran scarpered because Ricochet and Black sent them packing. So yep. it kind of plays more into this Undisputed Era. Even when they're doing a rundown, they can't even like stay on top. Yeah. Just like, you should have all three of you run out together. Yeah. There was a point where you should have held Kyle back for one second. He's so Grabbed quick, him though. by the tights. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Come back, come back, you little scamp. Um, we got a video from last week with Baszler and Co. bullying the locker room. Oh, yeah. They're also talking about some of the new recruits from NXT, uh, including Chelsea Green. I love these videos where they just out of context because they're just they don't do these videos <laughs> ever. So it's not like we're just filming this normal video we film with the training staff at the PC. And then suddenly you're like, oh, there's a fight going on in the locker room. Yeah. Like, it would make more sense if it was someone filming like a backstage vlog, like someone who actually does do promos. Yeah, yeah. Not just your training staff. <laughs> training staff just saying like, we've got a great crop of guys coming in now. Uh, we then got a Bianca Belair video package talking about the Phoenix match and mm -hmm. how she would be the NXT Women's Champion if it wasn't for that idiot ref falling down. <laughs> I would be the winner, which is true. She did get a visual pin. It's true. Um, and then she turns her attention and just like, and then like Io Shirai and Kyrie Senna just stepping in here and stealing her <coughs> spotlight away from her. I thought this was a great, great promo from Belair. Like her character, I much prefer this more heelish aspect of it than the babyface one she was mm. in the lead up to the match with Baszler, where she is like, no, 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 I am the EST. Because the EST is a heel gimmick. Mm. Uh, I am better than you. And I think she works that character so, so well. And I, and she's still saying that she's undefeated, even mm -hmm. though, you know, she, she is. Get the, she's got the visual pin. Yeah, exactly. So I, I really like take this. that to a grave, like you yeah. about the uh, announce tables. Um, I've, I've, well, I mean, I lost and it's, it's fine. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've got to move past that, I guess. Even though, even though they nearly ended a tables match with it and announced a table spot on Raw, just saying. Did it end the actual match, though? Well, no, they didn't use it in the end. Oh. But, I mean... Probably because it didn't count. I mean, regardless, I recorded the video anyway. So, like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Unrecord the video and no. unpost it? <laughs> Not a lot. Fine. <laughs> um, we recap the, uh, the the four of them going into this Elseworld, like going through this portal. and, and Oh, yeah, the, the, mystical, the mystical dream that <laughs> happened this week. <laughs> the spirit walk that they all just, took. Every day I've woken up going like, I had this really weird dream. Yeah, that, was... that they were all on Raw and SmackDown. It was bizarre. <laughs> it was really out of continuity. Gargano and Champa were friends. Yeah, oh, which makes zero strange. sense. Uh, and that's where we got the announcement that the Dusty Classic is an, uh, returning in a couple of weeks and the winners are going to face the War Raiders at TakeOver. Only, uh, so we've got eight teams going in and the four that have been announced are the Undisputed Era of Great. Strong, uh, sorry, O'Reilly and Fish. Um, 
I've written profits. Street Profits. It's because I've done I've done an FS, and I was like, who the hell are FS? Forgotten Sons. Forgotten Sons. Ironically, I you forgot them again. Yeah, so the Forgotten Sons of Blake and the other one. Cutler. That's it, thank you. Um, Street Profits and the European Union are Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. Cool, good four teams. And I've written here, poor Lorcan and Birch. Yeah, I know, yeah. But I'd imagine they'll be among the, the, the other four that are yet to be announced. So those are going to be announced next week. So that's, next week we'll know our <laughs> full eight, uh, which is very, very exciting. Then, what was probably the worst part of this show? Yeah. yeah. Um, God, I, I feel bad. I feel bad that we keep picking. I, I feel like we are picking on Mia Yim, but we're not. It's just she keeps being involved in bad matches. And I yeah. don't think it's ever her fault. No. Because she's really good. Yeah. I, I, it's just... She just isn't... She's got nothing to do at the moment is the problem. And I think that's the, the major issue is that sometimes when NXT doesn't have anything to do, they just try established person or like whoever sort of is middling established in NXT, Mia Yim, versus completely unestablished person. So then you end up with matches that don't really mean they don't mean anything to the crowd yeah and they don't mean anything you know they don't, they don't have the opportunity to really go beyond what they are which is someone who's quite green or fairly new to WWE against someone who's like also quite new to WWE yeah, yeah. actually oh the TV's going to turn off in a minute but where is that. the remote this um, is the remote's here is it a clapper um what if I press this okay that's what I've just tried. Okay, come on. You can, can you cover for, for the uh, yeah this? for the podcast listeners? We're trying to fix a television now that's about to turn off. Uh, we're not doing very well. No. Um, maybe just turn it off and then on again. Have you tried turning it on and off again? Do that now. But anyway, so I think yeah, I think the, the problem with Mia Yim is that so far she's not really had anything to do. In the yeah. same way that Keith Lee didn't for a very long time, mm-hmm. and still. Doesn't still, still particularly doesn't, so yeah. like it's just it just feels like when she comes out you're just going to see a match that doesn't mean much it doesn't you know and i i think the key is the silly thing is that actually nxt is very good at story and it is well known for being good at story and that is also what wwe does better than most other wrestling promotions pretty much all of them in fact so to go to wwe's developmental territory and to not develop the story with someone yeah. feels like a waste. Yeah, yeah. And it, and uh, you know, there's just like Mia Yim comes out and says, I, you know, I'm the head baddie in charge. I'm I'm this. I'm that. I'm whatever. It's placeholder. It all feels like she doesn't have. She's not going for a title. She's not got a feud going on with someone. Which she could have just had a feud. Like yeah, yeah. in this entire time that she's been there, she's had what like six matches maybe yeah. on NXT TV. It's the same thing we've been saying about like as you say, Keith Lee. Like Keith Lee's yeah. been, he will he will have been in NXT for nearly a year. Like mm. I think it's like June or July. He'll have been in for a year, and he's done now since he came up. I don't think it take, but it doesn't take much to just have a minor feud running. It doesn't even have to be like building to a takeover. It, match. Yeah, it doesn't have to be building to a takeover match. It doesn't have to be building even to like a blow off television match. It just has to be. They had a match. There was a bad fallout, and they're in each other's faces a few times. Yeah. They get involved in each other's matches. Things you know, progress. It feels like someone's actually moving forward. Whereas Mia Yim is just picking up wins that mean nout. Well, yeah, and, and this was certainly the case here because she faced against Zia Lee, um, who you may remember from the <coughs> Royal Rumble. She does have a fun choreographed entrance. Oh, yeah. I'll give it. That's a fun little entrance. Mm. It's really entertaining to watch. <laughs> 
I can't say the rest of the match was, though. I've written, my first note is, well, this isn't very good. I think the problem is my favourite bit of this match was the bit in which uh, Zia Lee was doing kicks that were all going wide. Yeah. But they were all, like, beautiful, like, martial arts kicks. And Yim was backing off into the corner. Yeah, and yeah. then she just went, hey, 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 whoa, hey, 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 hey. Cool it, yeah. sister. It was my favourite spot of the match. <laughs> and I thought the test of strength stuff was a little bit mm. fun as well. The main, the best thing about this match was Mia Yim's <coughs> selling. I mm. think she's got, a, she's really, really good at selling, but the crowd were completely dead for this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely dead. And then eventually Mia Yim hits the, uh, the protect your neck. Uh, or, you know, the protect your neck. It's to eat defeat with knees. Yeah, yeah, it's a modified eat defeat. Yes. Uh, but with a Wu-Tang reference. Is it an, is it an, new one is this her new I, I guess it is well it's got a new name now which yeah, is, yeah protect your neck um and then afterwards it like, looks mildly better yeah and I'd, I'd much prefer it to just doing the eat defeat mm. um and then basler and the other horsemen run down to attack them a load of trainees run down to make the save but the horsemen just kill everyone uh and then with basler laying out uh mere yim and um a brutal running knee oh man well basler's great yeah, basler's great. so so good and um yeah, and, and, and like Baszler's there almost like shouting, like, I demand respect. And I thought, mm. well, Hideo Itami's gone now, so I guess they may as well give that gimmick <laughs> to someone else. Yeah, yeah, you can have the one-word gimmick if you like. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that the actual like end segment was quite good uh, with the Horsewomen and Baszler, and they announced that it's going to be Mia Yim versus Baszler next week, which is a match I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be like the first good Mia Yim match in NXT. Yes. Because that's what I think Mia Yim has been missing. I think her presentation's very good. I think her entrance is good. I think her style, I think her look is very good. Mm-hmm. But she's just been in not not always bad matches, but sometimes boring matches. That I think they're, they're disjointed. Disjointed they? and yeah. things like that. Yeah, so I'm hoping that next week is going to be like the first good Mia Yim match in NXT. I would love to see just a five-minute Mia Yim match that is fast-paced. Mm. Like really like against someone... A bit more established. They just come out and they just... Like Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim would be a good match. They yeah, just yeah. came out and did all of their good moves at each other for five minutes. Yeah. Finished the match. Like, no ups and downs, no quiet sections, no silly little spots. Just beat the hell out of each other. I'd love to see that. Well, let's hope we get that next week when she faces Baszler. And then the last thing we're going to get to talk about, because um, this was fun, Jeremy Borash made his <laughs> NXT debut. What? <laughs> All of a sudden, I was like, oh my God, it's Jeremy Borash. <laughs> Why is Borash there? Ill-framed Jeremy <laughs> Borash. Poor old Jeremy Borash. He didn't look great. But, hey, nice to have him on TV. Because I really like Jeremy Borash. Mm. Jeremy Borash in this segment as well reminded me, and I'd imagine he's taken a lot of inspiration from this as well, like Jim Ross. Right. And I'm not saying that Jeremy Borash is, this, is as good as Jim Ross. But when Jim Ross used to do these sit-down interviews, he felt like a genuine sort of like a journalist, a commentator, an announcer, interviewing a wrestler very seriously. Mm. As like, I really want to interview this person. I really want to get deep into like inside your mind or like what you're thinking about with these certain things. And I want to get, get hear more about you. As opposed to my guest at this time... Yeah, North American, yeah, yeah. blah blah blah, and and just doing generic backstage interviews. Well, I feeling so, very scripted as well. Yes. Yeah. So I thought this actually was a really cool presentation. Apparently, it's from a, a much longer YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was interviewing Matt Riddle. Yes. And I thought Riddle was really great into this. They were talking about his debut in in NXT and and things like that. And like uh, Jeremy Borash was saying, like you know, you come in and you kind of look unconventional because you're wearing a suit, but you're also wearing a baseball cap. You got flip flops. You got flip flops and things like that. So I thought actually I thought thongs for the. Australians. Borash just came across really well in his interviewing mm-hmm. style because he's very good at that. 
And um, Riddle said that someone told him that the worst thing that he could have possibly done was be told to dial it up. Yeah. So he'd rather be told to dial it down, which is great. Yeah. I think it works brilliantly for the Riddle character. It's it's interesting because I I really like all the sort of presentation stuff they've done with Riddle, like that's been on the YouTube side of things. Like his whole Arrival documentary series is really interesting. Well, he was reading the Rust Talk um, magazine. Yeah, but really, really worth watching. It's just um, it's just one of those like fascinating looks at someone's that is sort of manages to walk the line perfectly between being both sort of kayfabe and real world. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's smart. Smart, smart stuff. And it works perfect for someone like Riddle who was a fighter and was someone who was famous before, you know, or well-known-ish before mm-hmm. going into WWE. So yeah, yeah. it just works really, really well. This was cool. And he was talking about how he was like, he was happy to get rid of Ono mm. uh, after TakeOver and how he beat Gulag next week. But, and then he's just like, I want to win the North American Championship. I want to win the NXT Championship. Any championship I can get my hand on, that's the belt I want to win. Mm-hmm. So, which feels to me like that's him setting him up for Velveteen Dream. Uh, possibly, possibly for for takeover New York mm. uh, in his sort of like uh, his first big championship match, which excites me. It's exciting. Riddle I, versus Dreams. I don't like necessarily know if uh, Dreams walking out with that one. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know. We'll get well. We'll find out what happens next week. But I thought this was a very, very good episode of NXT. I loved the uh, the Black Strong match to kick things off, and mm. I loved the Gargano Dream match to end it off. It's three match card, match in the middle wasn't particularly mm. great, but it's, it's strong. Strong Blacks of coffee, isn't it? Yeah, it's not how I take my coffee, <laughs> but yes, it is. Um, so I um, so I love the the opening two matches, and they went much longer than the the middle match. So. Thumbs up all round NXT for me. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think there's at least, even though that middle match wasn't fantastic, there's some interesting stuff coming out of it and hopefully a chance next week to finally do something with Mia Yim. Yeah. Which yes. will be great. Which will be great. It would be so nice to see, like, you know, in the Mae Young Classic, she was fantastic. So it would yeah. be nice to see that Mia Yim arrive finally in NXT. Exactly. She was great in Impact as well. Mm. So, I'd, I'd yeah. Fans of, of Mia Yim, I just feel like we've been burying her on this show because she's yet to have a good match, and I don't think that's her fault. No. Just beginning that out there. We had a great D&D session. Right? Oh, I... So We killed the boss. So I... Because uh, I missed a week, where the, the week where my wife locked herself out of the house and I had to go <laughs> home and help her back in. Yep. Which I was fuming about. So the week you after, don't understand exactly. It's We've not got how to the take f- down the demon. And I, and I kept saying, "Just like, but now in storyline, I'm not there, so it <laughs> breaks the flow." So um, I the immersion, the, the immersion. Exactly, yeah. So the week after that, I I felt like I was playing a bit of catch up, right, on the story and and what had happened and why we were sort of doing certain things. So I, like, there was one point where I asked a question. And you just literally said, like, your character wouldn't know that. And I was like, cool. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I thought that I did. Yeah. That's because I'd missed a session. But regardless. So this week was, like, the first week where I've, I've been on a two-week run. So I felt like I was really back into the story. We had mm-hmm. made a plan right at the end right. of our last session. And I just thought to myself, this plan cannot fail. <laughs> You don't know us. Well, which is remarkable because I do know us. Yeah. I should have seen it coming that it was going to fail. But it didn't actually. But it didn't. No, it didn't. But what? Well. It just, I think, well, the point was, so the plan was uh, we were in this ghost town, uh, which was a town that we'd visited 20 years previously because we've jumped in time. My character's been around the entire time. Their characters went somewhere else for like what felt like a couple of weeks, turned up 20 years later. This ghost town 
in the market square of the ghost town, there is a huge black vortex spiraling above a pile of corpses. This sort of semi-transparent figure seemingly standing in the middle, orchestrating the entire thing. Around the market square, about 40 feet away, there is a ring of spirits that are all stood completely stock still around the edge of the market town. We've encountered the spirits before. If you touch them, they hurt you. They get very aggressive. They get very aggressive. So we were like, okay, how do we get to the middle of this square and take on this thing? And then we sort of went on a recce up up of this building and we were like, okay, well, it looks like they're not going into the center of the market square. It looks like almost as if they can't. And we were told by someone else who'd been in the town who became part undead a revenant. Uh, he said that he couldn't approach because every time he did, he felt like all of the remaining life force in him and all of his powers were being sucked out. So he couldn't go in there. So we sort of guessed from that that they couldn't approach. Our, our idea was that we would go, we would send half the party through the sewers to pop out into the centre of town because we knew there was a well there. So they would pop out through the well in the centre of town while the other ones of us who were ranged attackers would stay on a rooftop with Overwatch. Mm. What happened in the sewers, <laughs> Ander? So, so <laughs> the idea was I would be the part of the recce team and we, were, we would go under the sewers, we would pop out. The idea being that if we step out of the well and the spirit does not come forward and attack us, then we know it's safe. Brilliant. I'll jump back down the well. We'll all come through the sewers and we'll all j pop out together and we'll all take care of this big baddie. That seems like such a brilliant plan. So me and the, our half-orc went down there. The reason why I was going to go be the one to wreck it, because I'm a monk, I can just jump back down the well. I don't have to climb down the ladder. I can just jump down as quickly as possible, and I won't take any damage. You've got slow fall. Because I've got slow fall. So we're like, brilliant. So me and our half-orc went through the sewers, and it was very disgusting and very smelly down there. There was a poo monster. Well, yes. Sort of. So I thought... Kapulu, as we call it, because it had tentacles. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that the sewers would just have zombies in them. Because we've, right. we've fought zombies outside the walls and sort of like in the city a little bit. Sure. So I figured, ah, that's fine. We'll just encounter some zombies along the way. We'll dispatch of them very quickly because they're low HP and we're quite good. So we'll just kill them quite easily, pick up small XP, this and the other. We're fine. Yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. It will, there will be no issue whatsoever. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Mission continues. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Then we were walking along and we found that there was an area where the, a walkway had broken mm -hmm. and there was just sort of like a river of... Excrement. Poo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And so I cast uh, Water Walk on the, the pair of us, which allows us to walk over water and it'd be fine because it was like a 20-foot gap. Sure. And I was like, well, fine, we can just step onto it and we'll just go across and we'll get up on the other side. And... We got uh, our DM just said that it's not going to, you can't walk across it like it's solid ground because poo is not really liquid, <laughs> which is fair enough. So he said it was more like spongy. All right. Which yeah. I, was, I was like, okay, well, that's cool. So you're like, you, our feet, we didn't sink into it like we would have done had I not mm. cast uh, Water Walk. So I just sort of like skipped across it very quickly. Uh, the half walk, however, um, Zadark, bless him, he stood on something that hurt him. And he took a bit of damage and he lost some of his movement. And then a poo monster arose. <laughs> <laughs> what our DM described as, like, it's nothing but teeth. It's it just is a, just, it's it's just a, a mouth, big yeah. mouth with teeth like swords, is how he described it. He's like, basically, he said, picture the Sarlacc. It was the poo from, of Sarlacc. Yeah. yeah, it was the poo of Sarlacc. The Sarlacc a, a poo version of the Sarlacc <laughs> from Return of the Jedi. And so 
he, uh, I was, we had to roll initiative to fight this thing, and I was going first. So I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm going to hold my action. I'm going to, and, and I'm going to do Water Whip if he tries to attack Zadark, but I'm just going to tell Zadark, run. Yeah. Because I'm already up the other side. Like a Jurassic Park. <laughs> run. Just, just run. And I was just shouting at Alan, run. run. Just get out of there as quickly as we possibly can. Because in my head as well, because thinking it's like the Sarlacc, once we're out of the poo, it's fine. Yeah. He's yeah, not going to yeah. be able to get up. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't quite the case. Eventually, Tethered poo monster. We got out of the poo. And I managed to help Zadok get out of the poo. Um, but this thing was following us. So I was like, let's just run. Yeah, like, yeah, I, because when this thing it. because when this thing did attack us, all it did damage. And mm. we would have we would have lasted two, maybe max three hits from it before mm. we were dead. And you would have at least got a bad case of pink eye. What what yeah. right? And that's the last thing I need. Yeah, yeah. Um I've got, I've got youthful minus good looks a, on my minus, side. Minus accuracy. <laughs> minus charisma. Yeah. And I, my charisma's already bad. So I was like, we just need to run and run and run. So we pelted it down this sort of like like walkway stuff. While this thing was screaming at us, it was slashing out of tentacles and we were trying to dodge out the way of it. And eventually we found like this tiny sort of like walkway at the side and he said it's about he said it's about a five foot gap and i was like based on what i know of this poo monster or what i've seen would it be able to fit down and he said no and i was like cool let's go this way yeah. <laughs> so we darted down there and yeah sure as s it couldn't get down there mm-hmm. it was pretty terrifying i was genuinely quite scared because i thought if we die you guys don't know we're dead unless no. I man- unless I manage to like tell you on a sending stone yep. that we're in trouble. You won't know we're dead. And we might not come and help. To That's be fair. the other side of this. When yeah. you describe what the problem is, yeah, might be like mm, no. So made it through that. Made it through that. And you might think, oh, that's where the plan went wrong. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no, no. So it we... went wrong at every turn. <laughs> so <laughs> we then encountered a ghost child, which was oh, yes, which yeah. was pretty scary. And then we climbed up into it, and I tied some rope around myself. But before you did that, we tried to reposition. Yeah, this is where it started <laughs> to go slightly wrong. It started to go pear-shaped at so many levels. <laughs> so you were, t- you were busy getting ready to go up. So the, the idea was that uh, Luke's character, Ander, would wear a rope. So he could be, if if something happened that meant he couldn't jump back down, he could just be dragged back down into the sewer and then we could by run away. Our, by our strongest. By Zadar, the strongest guy. Interestingly, our paladin in this entire process had gone shopping. Uh, he'd gone to a shop where he'd left some armor 20 years ago in an attempt to find it. <laughs> so he was out of action. Yeah. However... He then decided after he'd found the armor to stand in the window of the shop and try and get my attention while I was on the roof. Just as our dragonborn sorcerer, Petty Cash, decided that he was going to try and reposition by jumping across the rooftops to get closer to the marketplace because we were just on the roof that we had all climbed up that was far, like, far enough away uh, to hopefully not attract attention, but also close enough that I could hit things with my bow, which, yeah. I, which is all I really cared about. Exactly. However... So Torin starts waving a torch in a window. I clock onto that just as I do. Petty Cash decides he's going to do a running jump across the building and rolls a critical fail. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, "Did I did I see him go? Like, how quickly do you think I could tie a bit of rope to an arrow and fire it underneath him so he's something to grab onto?" Yeah. Did he managed to bounce off it, land on the floor? Attracting the attention to a bunch of spirits who started to rush him. I then quickly tried to drop the rope again. He turned invisible, not realizing that ghosts 
don't use sight to what to see you. They're just sensing life force. So yeah. he was still there as far as they were concerned. Climbed up, back on the roof, spend 10 seconds more looking, find a plank to just put across the gap, walk across the gap. Yeah. Your move. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, the other part of that is that because... Uh, Torin, our paladin who'd gone shopping didn't know what our plan was mm. you communicated to him of what the plan was oh yes yeah. which was eyes on the market square we're going to see what happens in the market square but as the adventurous chap that he is his reading of that is we're all going to the market square go, go to the market square go now <laughs> so I there jump out of the well trying to do this very cool recce making sure that everything is fine and then I look to my left and I see our paladin in clad in massive armor charging through the spirits to run into the market square thinking like, oh, this plan has gone horribly oh, wrong. No. And yeah, it did instigate the final boss fight before we were really ready for yeah. the final we boss fight. We were just fight. checking that the ghost didn't go in the market square, which thank God no, they didn't. If that... It would have gone, been horrible if they could have gone into the market square. It, it would have been, been awful. A... Me and Zadok are at half health you because been, of the yeah, poo you, monster. You would have been dead. He would have been dead. Oh, man. We would have been fine. Because yeah, you're <laughs> up on roofs. You're yeah, fine, just, mate. We just sat on the roof just going, all right, we're just chilling. But thankfully, the fight went fine because yep. the spirits couldn't get into there. And this guy did kind of like raise the dead ever so slightly. But uh, I managed to water whip him and do a lot of damage. Um, and I also managed to stun him for a turn as well with a stunning strike. Mm -hmm. um, but really, crucially, the reason we won is because our sorcerer cast like this amazing lightning bolts thing that did untold amount of damage yeah. on him he's got a new spell and uh thank he was sitting on it as well because he was like he he's quite a a nervy player is like i don't want to be left without stuff and i was like no spend everything yeah. and I, but it was only after i went have you got anything better than just shocking grasp and stuff like that like just let's do something bigger and he's like oh i've got this uh lightning bolt spell i was like look how damage that does why would you not fire that at this thing and he fired it across three of them and just fried two zombies and yeah did a huge chunk of health off this thing oh so, man it was great yeah that was good and then he did it again yeah and then he, got then he spent again. his sorcery points and did it again oh was it was brilliant. wonderful yeah. so yeah so we we managed to defeat the the, the baddie he flew off and we lifted a curse from this town so all's well that ends well um we're now on so we, we need to make a decision. Our DM messaged us yesterday, last night, mm -hmm. about what we're going to do next. Although yep. it doesn't look like we're going to be able to have a session next week because... People are busy. People are busy. People to be busy. People to be busy. So um, we need to decide where we're going to go next. But one of the places we're going to go actually passes my hometown. Mm. Past my hometown too. Oh, cool. Um, we're not going there. No. I don't know if we're going to go reasons. To, I don't know if we're going to go to my There are reasons either. why we're not going there. Yeah. But it's also uh, Torrens home to a degree as well so yeah i suppose it would be our yeah. paladin wants to go there my character does not want to go there <laughs> yeah. well more thrilling adventures mm. from the world of dungeons and dragons if you do enjoy this part of the podcast i imagine when the when, end of the podcast when i said oh we had a fun D, &D session i can imagine a lot of people like i'm turning this off like oh okay cool so the the episode is over then i don't need <laughs> to listen to these two dorks just talk about this for 10 minutes hey. Hey. anyway that is all we've got time for on this episode of the wrestle ramble podcast thank you so much for listening ollie and i will be back on saturday for the magazine portion of the show talking about yeah you guessed it those nxt call-ups and the crazy story that's essentially surrounded it as to why these call-ups have happened 
So we got a lot to dive into as well as your mailbag questions for Bloody Hammers and Crap Gimmick Wrestling. Mm. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Have a good weekend. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.